Good morning. I'm Anna Marie, and it's time for Focus. Today, we're looking at a topic that involves students, and specifically today in Rutherford County, we're going to be talking with Frances Rosales. She's a school board candidate for Rutherford County, and she's going to tell us about some of the needs for students in Rutherford County and some of the things that we're looking to do. And we'll be joined by Corey Sipola, a county commissioner candidate for District 19 as well. So we'll be talking to him a little bit later in the interview, but we start with Francis. Hello. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Anna Marie. Thank you so much for having me here today. So what does a school board member do? Would you just start and kind of educate us a little bit so we know we hear about the school board did this and said that. What? <laughs> who, who are they? What do they do? How is that important in our lives? So the school board is uh, the a group of body of members mm-hmm. that the number of school board members depends on the size of the district Mm -hmm. and primarily they're responsible to make the policies for the school system for our children. Mm -hmm. So it's a very big responsibility because they're responsible to make policies that really meet the needs of our community for our children. Yeah. So they have to be aware of what those needs are. And we have different children that come into the system and they're, they come from different backgrounds of life, yeah. socioeconomic. It's not a one size fits all. So it's very income. It's very uh, imperative for the school board member to be aware of who is coming through the doors of our education so that our children can have the very best quality of education and also be supportive of our teachers, making sure that our teachers have the resources that they had, that making sure that the teachers have the resources so that they can do their job and perform at at a, and and be able to perform day in and day out and not get burned out or exactly. And not get burned out. And one of the problems that we're seeing in Weatherford County, and I'm sure across the nation is exactly what you just said. Burn out. Our teachers are burned out. And we saw that a lot of that during the COVID years. Yeah. And then now we're having to deal with that burnout after COVID. And so as a school board member, I will be tackling that. And how can I bring down the stress level so the teachers feel that they have the energy and the motivation to come in every single day and be there for our kids and give their best. Yeah. And so I want to be a part of that. I really love education and I've always seen a job that has been a especially for the teachers, a thankless job. Mm -hmm. And so I want to come in and help elevate that and get us back on the track, get get us back on seeing our teachers in in a positive way and partnering with them and collaborating with them so that our community could be successful and Ben will reap because our children will benefit Mm -hmm. that and reap the rewards of that. And our community will benefit because our children will have teachers who are not burned out, teachers who are able to bring their best to the table Absolutely. And I have a saying and I have said this a lot when I've been meeting people. I said, if our if our children thrive, so does our community. But it takes a village for this to to happen. It's not just one person show. It requires multiple people trying to help to do for the benefit for their children. Mm -hmm. And, And that's why I am I have elected to run. So you are running for. The school board in Rutherford County. Rutherford County. 
And so let's look at... Wait, wait a second. Before I want to explain that Rutherford County is a specific area. So you're saying, oh, you want to run for Rutherford County? I would like to say, I will like, yes, Rutherford County. But specifically, I am running in the Blackman area in sections in Rockville and in Smyrna. So it's a, a very specific area that I'm running. Now, I will be running for that area, but I will be representing every child so that in every community, in every zone. There's kids in the North End that are bilingual. I happen to be a bilingual student myself. When I started school in the 80s, believe it or not, I was the only child that spoke a second language. And so I understand what it's like to go through school and not having those resources. I had teachers that did their best um, I have wonderful memories, especially in sixth grade with one of my principal and another teacher that was a science teacher of mine who happened to be my homeroom. But as a bilingual student growing up in that time, it was very, very different. And so I will be helping also the kids in that community that are in the North End where there's a lot of bilingual students. And there's some students in my area as well that are bilingual as well. The school board members. You said they are supposed to know who's coming through the doors of the schools so they are able to see what the needs are for those students. Also, to see what the needs are of the teachers so they can support the teachers and put rules into place, put, what is it called? Policies. Uh, Policies into place to support both sides, right? Absolutely. Are both sides, if you support both sides, does that work or do you have to take from one to support the other? What do you mean take one from the other? Like if you say we want to make sure kids, maybe you have something to do with testing. Does that hurt the teachers because they have to focus more on testing rather than something else? Is it all kind of one thing? Can you can you just increase the quality of the students and the teachers' lives? I think it's going to be a combination of both. And some some things may be a give and take and come to a compromise in the middle. But overall, the end goal is what goals the district is wanting to accomplish. Um, Every district has different goals that they want to meet. Like what? So, for example, here in our our district, and it actually is not just our district, but it happens to be a state level. But one thing that the state is wanting to do is to have um, third graders to read at a grade level by 70 percent. And I think within 2025. Mm -hmm. So. It's going to be that is that task. We are tasked as a county in the district to make that happen. So it's going to require work and from different from our teachers and even from the central office of of those who are are sitting in different superintendent positions to come up with ideas and plans of action so that we can achieve that. So that requires a time for us to listen and see where the needs are, where, where the, the children are falling, are failing, why they're failing behind. Uh-huh. Is it because of their home life? Is it because they don't have the resources? How do we bring that to the table so that when we're making these decisions, we can provide solutions and find the root cause of it. And, uh, and as a parent, you know, I am a parent. I have three kids. I mean, I'm sorry, I have four children and I've been really, really involved in my children's education. And I've always been about looking for the root cause and going with and trying to meet, trying to um, bring to the table as many, not as many people, but people that are experts in the area, because I don't think I'm an expert. 
I, I did graduate with a biochemistry degree and I went through schooling, but I can't say I'm an expert at my, my field of study. I feel like you need to be armed with other people to get to those answers that you're looking for, because you got to take the best from other people to come to a solution. And so the reason I bring that piece up is because as I worked with my kids, that's exactly what I did. My kids had IEP meetings and what is that? That is a, it's a, it's a plan that uh, our kids that need require services because they fall, they, they are not doing well in certain areas. Oh. So they need extra attention. And the way to do that is through this, through the IEP. And so you have meetings with the principal, uh, the IEP teacher, and then other teachers that are, that are, that are in you, that your son interacts with. Mm-hmm. And so I will come in there already have done my research, not necessarily because I'm coming in there saying, oh, I know the answers. Here's I know it. what's best. And yeah. I have this sit up a posture and and say, well, you're going to listen to me. The reason why I came in there is because I wanted them, meaning the teachers and the principals, to know that I was invested in this, yeah. that this was important to me that I took the time to understand some things and I did my homework and due diligence so that when we came together to have this conversation, we can look at things from different angles and Mm -hmm. give me the freedom to ask questions and and kind of partner with them. Because I really do believe that if you come together in in a partnership type of collaborative relationship, you get a lot more accomplished. And I've always, not always, but I've always looked at that kind of partnering with the teachers or principals in our education in that way. And mm-hmm. that's what I, I plan to do when I become a board member is to come and make, when we come to make decisions is to come from a collaborative format. So we'll invite people that we need to invite yeah. the experts, the experts in the fields to come into these conversations so that we can make good decisions for our district. What about the parents? How involved are the parents in the information that you need? The reason why I am running is because I'm a parent and I want to increase the parent involvement for the parents to feel in our community that they are valued because the school board members are being list- are listening to them. Yeah. I Right before the primary elections, we actually had some parent roundtables we haven't had one since May in our county. We had two of them. I want to bring that back. I want to bring a parent roundtable so that parents will have the opportunity to speak on the issues and give an opportunity for our school board members and those that are involved in the school to listen and provide solutions or at least just Give us a listening ear so that parents can feel like they're being heard. But I want to take it a step further. I want to make sure that those that are coming to the parent board meetings represent our county. There were people that were Hispanics that weren't as represented and other minority groups weren't as presented. So I was I left the, the the round tables with the question, is the communication being passed? Are the parents getting that communication? I know that we distribute it in our social media. Yeah. And our page has quite a bit of substantial following, but I'm not convinced that it got in the hands of the of everyone. Mm-hmm. And 
I want to have better representation of our community so that we can understand what the issues they're having as well. First of all, we have two guests today. We'll uh, have Corey Cipolla, a county commissioner candidate, join us in just a, f- a few more minutes. But we're talking with Frances Rosales. She is running to be a school board member in Rutherford County. In specific- Zone 7. In Zone 7. Okay. What do you feel like are the biggest challenges that you're seeing for the students and then for teachers? One of the biggest challenges I'm seeing for the teachers, I think, is the behavioral problems. We've hear a lot about that from speaking with teachers in the classroom. There's just a lot of um, stress being built up and maybe the kids are being pent up too long in the classroom setting and they just don't they have too much energy and they don't know how to let that go. And so they they're letting it go in the wrong places and they're just getting in trouble. Mm -hmm. And so uh, one of the issues that's occurring is that we're having overcrowdedness in our schools. And so the kids get in trouble, but then we cannot just easily follow through. Well, we, we follow through with the disciplining, but then when they go to, depending on the severity of the, of the, of the behavior, they may be going to an, an alternative school, but then they come back to the main regular school because of whatever reasons, but then they act out again. But then we can't take them back to the uh, the other school, the alternative school, because there's just no room. Oh, wow. So we need to come with some kind of plan and solution that if our kids are acting out and they're not behaving, they're misbehaving and they're not minding authority and the teachers don't feel like they're being supported in that area because they feel like their hands are being tied behind their back. Yeah. Then th- something that I have been vocal about is maybe we should look into virtual school. We did that during COVID. We've yes. got the, the, the equipment now and the capability to do that. Thank you, Francis Rosales. Well, thank you so much, Anna Marie, for this opportunity to speak to your listeners. I just hope that by me coming and talking with you, shed some light of what a school board member does yeah. and how we can all work together for the betterment of our children. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Francis Rosales. Hello, Corey Cipolla. How are you? Fine. Now, follow that. <laughs> that's uh that's a it's a tough act to follow so but because, i'll do my best so you and francis are kind of coordinating your efforts and working in yes, tandem ma'am. because right so so the way it, as a civics lesson that's kind of what i've felt compelled to do because so many people ask okay what's the difference between school board what's the difference between yeah. county commission what's the mayor do what's you know, there's all these different constitutional offices that are created by the state of tennessee's constitution most people don't know that. No, well, I don't know. Yeah. And, and and so a lot of what I've had to do is I've had to first educate myself. Second of all, then understand, okay, how do I articulate this to other people so that they understand it? It's their government. It's not my government. It's not France's government. It's not any elected official's government. And my goal is to bring back the government to the people. I mean, the Constitution says it's of, by, and for. Yeah. And it's not been that way, but that's exactly what my goal is, is to bring back. As and so, a county commissioner. As a county commissioner. And so where the county commission and school board, you know, cooperate and and it's kind of a re- repeat of exactly what uh, Francis was talking about. But, you know, the school board is the one responsible for creating the budget. And my background's accounting and finance. So, so I, I won't get in the weeds of that. But, um, you know, it is fact. They create the budget. They request 
then, based off the budget, what funding they need from the county. And that's through the county commission. So if you think about the county commission, it's kind of like a legislative branch, right? So we do a final approvals on all the budgets, not just with school board, but even, you know, even like the sheriff, the recorder of deeds, et cetera. Um, we, we're responsible for all of all of the budgets uh, that affect the county uh, financing. Yeah. The, a county commissioner does that. Yes, ma'am. So if, so if Francis were on the school board, she's a school board member, and they say, we have come up with this policy and we want to implement it and it's going to take, they come up with a budget, it's going to take this much money or do they come to you and you figure out how much money? So they present the budget and by constitution, by state constitution, all we can do is an up or down vote. The school will say, here's our budget. The sheriff will say, here's our budget, Right. Overall, we have to prepare the full entire picture yeah. uh, of the county's finances. And each one of those has specific purposes and has specific funds. And, and I'm trying not to get in the weeds, but, but obviously then that's how everything is accounted for. Right. And so it's those funds, and you have to spend that money for that fund. And the only way that that can ever be changed, right, you can change appropriation from one fund to the other. But that's a vote. There's 21 of us on the county commission. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, you know, it is, it's not like one person makes that decision. So that's what the phrase misappropriation of funds means. You spent money out of one fund into yes, another yes, on something ma'am. else. Yes, ma'am. Because each fund has its own legal requirements. Okay. You know, each fund has its own specific purpose, rules. You may get money, let's say, from the state government if you're at the county level. And those funds that you receive have specific rules. And those rules have to be followed. Yeah, so if you're spending on, on inappropriate funds, so whatever that fund is earmarked for and you're spending a different way, that is misappropriation of funds. Interesting. Okay, so the the biggest challenges? Um... So the biggest challenge in, in our county, and it impacts every part of our county, is rapid growth. Oh, wow. You know, Rutherford County is the fastest growing county in the state of Tennessee. For two years running, it's been the fastest growing county uh, in the United States. Oh, I didn't know that. And so, so, and a lot of people don't, right? They, they don't really think about Rutherford County as far as being big, but we're the fourth largest county in the state. And I really feel like that growth, it's unchecked and it's not self-sustaining. What I mean by that is specifically what the growth is not paying for itself, where it's lagging behind building new schools, new uh, fire stations, et cetera. Oh. And so it has a substantial impact throughout the entire community. Uh, one of the things that, uh, that actually probably nobody thinks about is sewer. How do you treat sewer when you're growing at such an exponential rate unless you're radically expanding your structure, your infrastructure? These oh, wow. are real problems that we really are facing. So couldn't we just get, get some money out of a fund and put it into the sewer? <laughs> well, you know what? It would be great if I had a money tree. Um, you know, we could just grow money and have an orchard of it. Uh, but that's not the way these things work, of course. Well, where does the money come from? What happens now? Right. So, so a lot of the way traditionally it works is through property taxes. And we all pay them, you know. Um, and, and in Rutherford County, we're blessed that we've, we actually have a AAA bond rating, uh, which we're one of only three counties in the entire state. Well, that's true. Now, what does that mean? A uh, AAA bond rating is actually, that's what determines when we borrow money what interest rates we pay. So mm-hmm. because we have AAA, that's almost as high as it gets. So we save money if we go to, if the county goes to borrow funds because of the fact we've been very fiscally responsible 
and we've not overextended things and we paid our debt on time. And so we want to maintain that. That's so our, where would you borrow money for, from? So you borrow money from banks. I mean, you know, on the federal side, you see T-bills, you know, treasury notes, things of that nature. So, so uh, counties, localities, they can have, you know, different bond issues uh, where they issue the bonds. People can invest in them uh, just like they would invest in, let's oh. say, Kroger okay. or, or somewhere like that. Okay. So, so Rutherford County, because they have excellent credit, basically, mm-hmm. can get a lower interest rate if they need to borrow money to work on to fund new, new sewers, schools, let's new say, school. oh, new right? We, we get 2,000 new students every single year in Rutherford County. Oh, wow. I mean, if you think about that, that's a high school. I mean, roughly the size of a typical high school within Rutherford County is about 2,000, 2,200, give or take. And, and so how do you sustain that? Yeah, where have they been going? So, so obviously, you know, we, we're getting a lot of overcrowding situations. Uh, Rockvale High School is a prime example. They already have 12 uh, temporary classrooms. Oh, my gosh. And they, this is only their third academic year. So it's the newest high school in Rutherford County, and it already is overgrown. These are the challenges that our school board and the county commission have to face and mm-hmm. things we have to deal with. Um, there, we are working on actually doing some revamping of our high schools just to try to accommodate the growth. But there's a lot of issues with that as well um, in terms of, you know, you have districting, redistricting. People are changing schools. It has a huge impact, you know, if you happen to live in these areas where your kids start in one high school, go to another. Oh, wow. And yeah. so, so these are the things that, that for me, from my perspective, uh, as I approach the county commission, somewhere along the line, we need to really advance our, our, the way we account and estimate for things. What I mean by that is projects are always the most expensive. The, the most expensive component are the startup costs. So when we go to do a project, let's say build a school, because that's the topic. So when we go to build a school. If we think about it and, and calculate the growth correctly and we estimate it correctly and we build based off that estimate, well, then what we build lasts longer. So if we think about it, instead of getting like now, three years later, right, we're, we're talking about having to expand it or, or make a lot of changes, yeah. uh, significant changes across the county to accommodate this growth. So if we design it right, if we think about it right, we estimate it right, which is what every corporation in America, everybody, every business, whether you're small business, big business, we're all having to do those things. Yeah. So if we do a better job of that, then we can save money because now I have one setup cost that lasts me a lot longer period of time because what we did was a lot better thought out. The, what we built survives a lot longer. Versus if, if we set, have to bring all the material, if you think about right now, oh, the cost, oh. material, machinery, the people, right, that are necessary. Yeah. All the, all the things you have to do as far as getting all the approvals from, you know, the EPA, the, you know, whether it be the state, you know, agencies, I mean, all over the place. I mean, there's all kinds of regulations that everybody can understand, right? We mm-hmm. all know that the government has a lot of regulations. Yeah. So all these things take planning and we have to do it right and do better on the front end. Rutherford County didn't just start growing. So to me, when, when we have, you know, three years and we're already 12 temporary classrooms, that's a miss. Ah. And, and no offense to anybody else. I'm, I'm not saying that to be offensive to anybody. People who are there, you know, mm-hmm. make their decisions and all that. I respect them. It's not that. It's just simply we have to bring a level of professionalism 
and have that professionalism instilled in the county commission mm-hmm. so that way we can drive to a more successful ending and that, that's how we that's how we manage our money better that makes sense it's kind of like why movie makers will shoot all three sequels all three movies one two and three at the same time it's the startup it's exactly the setup the location the permits all yes, of that yes ma'am yes ma'am and and so if we if we think about even in our own household right a lot of people do home improvements. Mm-hmm. And let's say I go to, to dig a pool, right? So I have a company come in. They set everything up, right? They got to bring a cement truck. They got to bring backhoes. They got to bring all kinds of things, right? So you have all these people. It's like, a, like an army of ants, right? They <laughs> yeah. come and they descend on your home and they do these things. Well, let's say I just build a pool. And then a year from now, I decide, oh, gosh, I wish I'd have put a patio. I wish I'd have put a sidewalk. I wish I'd have put a barbecue. I w- mm-hmm. All these other things. Well, now i got to bring all those people back out there. Right. So now I'm paying that setup cost again. Oh. This is the same thing. It's, it's just at the government level, which is a lot bigger in scale. Yeah. But the concept's the same, right? Yeah. And, and so that's why we have to be very judicious with how we, how we think, how we plan, how we organize and that's where we have to improve. And so you have to take into account not only the growth of the county, the growth of the mm-hmm. families, the students, all of that, but also the infrastructure, yep. the sewers, the law enforcement that will be needed, the, what is it, the SRO officers? So, right, so that's basically officers that provide security in the schools. Mm-hmm. So you have to take all of that into account. Yes, ma'am. When you make that plan. Yes, ma'am. And, and I mean, it's, there's so many other things, right? It, I don't want to leave out the EMTs, right? The medics. Oh, I mean, you know, yeah. firefighters. I mean, you know, we, we need to, one of the things I'm running on in, a, in addition, obviously, to, to solving, you know, helping to be part of the solution for the growth issue um, is to take care of our first responders. Uh, I think we all learned during COVID particularly what the value of our first responders are. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and if we think about just, you can drive down the road, you see an accident, right? You see our EMTs, you see, you see our firefighters, you see them, they run to trouble, mm-hmm. right? And, that, and that, that takes a special kind of person. We need to do a better job in Rutherford County of making sure we're taking care of them. Like what? Well, so typically uh, what we've had historically is we've, we've gone with what's called the, the 50th percentile, has been our target goal for salaries, okay? I say that to people, what do you mean by that, Right. Um, I've worked in HR for a long period of time. And so certainly it, companies do it. It's how you target salaries and how you target pay and how you target benefits. And it's like, what am I trying to accomplish? And it's comparative to other similar groups. So, Mm -hmm. you know, other counties, the state, I mean, there's all, you know, from a county perspective, right. Mm -hmm. There's all kinds of different pieces and parts that are, that would be competitors, if you will, just from an easier understanding you know businesses have competitors yeah counties have the same thing you know oh you, you work for us or you work for someone else that's right okay because you have like our deputy sheriffs they may go work for let's say the city of murfreesboro right. they may also say well i'm going to go work for franklin or i'm going to go work for williamson right. county because they pay more i may go work for nashville because maybe nashville pays more yeah so there is competition mm-hmm. it's not like you know if a police officer comes to to rutherford county I mean, they're just, uh, uh, you know, they can go other places. Yeah. And, and so when you shoot for the 50th percentile, not every county is doing it. The state's not doing it. So we're behind in salaries. What is 50th percentile? I mean, so it like, means half. So you're shooting for the halfway mark. So oh, if, like if they, let's, they could earn this much. Right. Let's say shoot for about half. I'll do easy math. 
make it real easy because I believe in easy math. I'm an accountant, but I, I'm sorry. I, it, it's got to be easy, right? So if we say the top end, the very highest paid person is $100 an hour, right? Yeah. And obviously the lowest thing would be zero. Right. You know, the 50th percentile would be 50. Yeah. Well, that's still 50 less than the best. And what ends up happening, if, if we really think about that, typically what you're going to find is you're, you're not going to retain yeah. the skill level that you want. I want the best. I think we ought to, we're the fourth largest county. Our goal should be much higher than 50%. Oh. Because yeah. if we don't, we're going to continuously lose officers. We're going to continuously lose jailers because mm-hmm. it impacts the entire, entire infrastructure. You can find out more about Francis Rosales at VoteForFrancisRosales.com. And four is the number four. VoteForFrancisRosales.com. That's her website. And then for Corey Cipolla, it is VoteCipolla19th.com. Vote, S-I-P-P-O-L-A, 19th.com. We'll put those links on our Focus Facebook page, and uh, we'll put that so you can get more information about that. Make sure you join us again next week. I'm Anna Marie, and that's Focus.